Hi, everyone. Welcome to Scouting for Growth. I will be joined today by Tunde Salako, an active entrepreneur within the Africa fintech, health tech, and insurtech worlds. Tunde wants to connect the dots between inclusion, insurance, and technology in Africa. Today, co-founded health tech startup Hydeal as well to drive more health inclusion in Africa. He's also the managing partner of the Africa InsurTech Lab, doing some work as well with Founders uh, Factory. Um, and in the case of InsurTech Lab Africa, uh, I want to highlight that this is a platform aggregating InsurTech entrepreneurs, startup corporates, enthusiasts and investors interested in trends affecting the insurance market across continents. Investment in the Africa startup ecosystem accelerated over the past two years with over $3 billion invested in opportunities, more so than Europe, for instance, in 2022. During our discussion today and I dive into fintech and insurtech in Africa, we are going to look into the opportunities and challenges faced by the local market. We are going to dive into understanding the drivers behind the three billion on investment made within the Africa market over the past two years. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, do not forget to subscribe to it, rate it, and provide a comment here below. If there is a topic that you feel needs addressing, just send me a small message using the channel option listed below too. So let's welcome today. Hi, everyone. I'm so thrilled today to be with Tunde Salako from InsurTech Africa to go into some of the numbers we've heard around the growth of the African market in fintech and insurtech. Uh, so thrilled to have you with us, Tunde. Hi, Zemin. It's uh, an honor and a privilege to be on your show. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. So first, let's start with some introduction. Who are you? Because when I got to know you, you were in healthcare, health tech, and then you took over the InsurTech market. So give us a bit of background on today, your path to InsurTech, and what are your key focus today? All right. Uh, thanks, thanks for that, Sabine. So um, I like to describe my path as uh, just uh, chasing my guy, if I can describe it that way. Um, so foundationally, my background, I'm a medic, uh, trained as a physician, and um, for the past 16 to 17 years, thereabout, uh, I've been on the insurance side of the fence, uh, despite the fact that uh, I remain within the healthcare ecosystem as well. But um, going to your question, 2019 specifically, um, what I started to do was to go deeper into the insurance ecosystem because of... Um, uh, it was it was more of uh, a situation, not a situation, uh, an event. Yes. So it was after the MWC uh, 2019 in Barcelona. I found out a lot of things based on the interactions that I had there with um, you know very strong people in the ecosystem, such as yourself. And a lot of questions were being asked, like, "What is happening in Africa? You know, 
we could tell and see very clearly what was happening in all parts of the world, but what was going on in Africa? And there was no documentation. There was no platform that was pulling all that together. So fast forward the half of time, we decided that, okay, uh, we will start as just rendering podcasts, you know, to just place what was happening on the continent so that every other person could see. And uh, that just kind of like morphed into other things, right? Because the COVID stepped in and a lot of things just started happening. So uh, we decided to start being deliberate about getting information via very curated research and pulling things together so that we could sort of spotlight the beautiful innovation and the very resilient African founders in the ecosystem, what they were doing and, you know, showcase that to the world for different reasons. One, um, Africa needs to be heard. There's a lot of things going on down here. And secondly, to also be able to, you know, build that uh, confidence as to what has been able to happen in other regions of the world. And so Africa is not left behind. So I'll stop there. So when you actually look at where you are today with uh, InsurTech and FinTech in Africa, what should we think about? Okay, so that's interesting. Um, I think the first thing is to spotlight on the, the, the growth and the capabilities which have been developed year on year in terms of uh, technology, you know, on the continent of Africa, right? So uh, I'll give a very practical example regarding that. So about 10 years ago, or should I say, let's say 10, between 10 to 15 years ago, if you wanted to build a website, right, you had a couple of options, right? Um, you either, you know, got someone from somewhere in North America, which would come to you as a very high cost, or you got someone uh, in India, you at a lower cost, or you got someone who was stellar doing something great in Israel, which would come to you at like a medium cost for as simple as a website, right? But, you know, <laughs> by 2017, that changed, right? So now, you know, building a web page, building websites is something that, you know, is, is a walk in the park for everyone, right? Uh, from 2016, 2017, what we realized was there was a very high surge in technological hubs around the whole of Africa. Accounting till today would be about 700 plus hubs, which were very bullish on teaching, on coding, programming, etc and you know building local talents and so that local talent you know with the numbers that we have on ground in africa has created a very a huge spur what has happened is we now have local talents that are able to build solutions that are amenable to our environment the problems in the african ecosystem right so that growth you know has happened very very strategically and we're having amazing individuals who are doing all sorts of bending with um, AI and ML uh, benchmark and tools. So when you look at that that growth, that kind of what has happened as a response to uh, on a macro level to the environment is um, the international ecosystem is also looking into what is going on in Africa, particularly relating with, to fintech. And you, you, you start to see that year on year, um, despite the fact that last year, for example, there was a slowing down globally, it took until about quarter three of the year before we started to see that kind of slowing down in Africa because the investors and the VC ecosystem, LPs, uh, PEs, and uh, all the likes were just bullish about, you know, putting up 
um, investments into the local ecosystem. And so what that translated to financially is by the end of the year 2021, uh, the total funding that had come to Africa was about 4 billion, out of which about 55% of those funds were specifically to the fintech ecosystem. And that repeated the same thing last year, 2022, with a higher investment coming of about 4.8 billion into the um, African market, out of which over 50% were fintech companies as well. So when you look at those statistics, and now when we drill it down to the insurtech ecosystem, what we saw, right, um, looking at the global numbers in 2021, was um, a total funding of about 15.5 billion. Now, to Africa, it was about 39.7 million at the time. But fast forward the end of, to the end of 2022, um, yes, because of the slowing down, funding yeah. dropped to about 8 billion globally. But to Africa, in terms of the insurtech space, it, it, it went 2x because we closed the year with about 62.9 million USD in terms of funding. Now, what, is, what, what that has translated to is a lot of the funding which is coming is to stellar innovative companies that are beginning to, you know, transition from their pre-seed to their seed to their series A. So naturally, you know, the system is just growing organically. Um, if 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 you if you get if that makes sense, so I'll stop there. Yeah, very interesting number. So I was looking at my numbers and probably you know some of my database do not always reflect the full uh, fledged. Uh, impact investors are having on the African market. So I've probably collected around 3.5 billion invested in the African market. I'm looking at the numbers right now, around 2 billion right. in 2021 and around 1.6 billion in 2022, which gets us into 3.6 billion, I guess, from my numbers, which is very significant because when I look at the previous numbers, this is never happened before. 2029 still remain around 700 million invested in insurtechs, in finance in Africa. Now, um, some numbers also shows that most of the investments are going into payment and alternative lending. And so it was interesting to see that you guys have three unicorns. And then when you look at the patterns around unicorns, you have, I guess, Inter Switch as one unicorn in, uh, in Nigeria, Lagos, um, which got acquired, yeah. I gather that as well. So payment platform. We have Opay, uh, another app-based payment platform, which uh, also is in Nigeria, Lagos, uh, which are um, level series C. And then I have another payment platform, but maybe alternative lending, which is about how to drive business loans to organization, which is MNT Allen, um, which is a series B unicorn. And this is, I guess, as of uh, nine days, and uh, it became actually reach uh, its unicorn status through the recent funding. And so an interesting uh, set of unicorns, really very payment and alternative lending focus. So for sure, we don't have unicorn yet in, in insurance. So it would be great if you could actually tell us um, a little bit today as to what is the state of play, where people are focusing attention in insurance technology. And, you know, insurance touches everything, right? I, I do healthcare, I do well tech, I do uh, a number uh, of areas, commercial lines, because insurance touches so many different things. So it would be great to have a lens on where the market is going 
today. Where are the opportunities in Africa and Geotech? And where the status quo takes us right now? That's, that's an interesting uh, perspective you also shared, uh, Sabine. Uh, interesting because, like, you know, all of a sudden between 20, between the past four years, you know, we're seeing the rise of these unicorns, right? Um, catching up with uh, the rest of what is happening in the different parts of the world, right? Um, one of the unicorns that I think is also notable, just on their side to mention, will be Flutterwave. Right, which um, you know is uh, a giant, become a giant in the fintech ecosystem, um, doing a lot of stellar things, uh, expanding to the different nooks and crannies from Nigeria to places like Kenya, now Egypt, and a couple of other more places. Right, but coming to the insurance, like you rightly said, um, so there, there's loads of um, insurtech companies that are beginning to. Sprout up, spring up in bigger pardon and different nooks and crannies of Africa. And um, when we look at it from the lenses of either um, Sub Saharan Africa and North Africa, uh, there's stellar innovation coming out from both sides, right? Or if you choose to look at it from Anglophone and Francophone, there's still stellar innovations coming out from the different sides. So if I, if I want to take the classification of the former, when we look at places like in the north, we have the likes of uh, Amalik, uh, which is uh, very close company to us. They're doing amazing in Cairo, Egypt, you know, in terms of um, making the ecosystem, the whole value chain in insurance, you know, to go bullish and being able to solve multiple problems and use cases with their APIs. Uh, there's also another one called Amelie. Uh, there's also another company called, uh, trying to remember the name now, but when it comes back, it's a Tunisian based insurtech that is also doing something phenomenal. And in, in that region, right? And there's a couple of uh, different pockets coming out from the north. If we come down to the south, there's, so there's loads of uh, companies that are sprouting up. And if I'm going to follow the terminology of some very stellar guys, uh, Max and Maxim, shout out to them, uh, running a company called uh, the Africa Big Deal. They share a lot of information on the whole ecosystem, you know, of what is going on in Africa. So the terminology goes to say uh, the big four, right? And uh, these big four countries are Nigeria, South Africa, Kenya, and Egypt. Very recently, uh, with Ghana following, you know, to join the pack. What what is happening is naturally, this terminology is used to describe what is happening in the fintech ecosystem with the heavy influx and funding and development and innovation sprouting out from these five countries. But by default, it's also following the same trail, you know, with the insurance ecosystem. And so what you start to see is the same companies. Um, from Kenya, like uh, Lamy, um, Mtech Services, um, Ikea, just to mention a few, you know, doing stellar things. So, uh, Lamy has uh, been able to push the envelope to being able to uh, create insurance as a service, which is API ecosystem. And, you know, they're just uh, going really, really fast, you know, so uh, shout out to them as well. Um, with the other companies, you know, that are even doing a lot, uh, some are in their earlier stages, but you know there's technology like decentralizing coming into the pay as you use ecosystem. Uh, companies like um, uh, AI Care, for instance, uh, which is focused um, on telematics, uh, using use cases you know to get drivers to pay as they use. And so when you come to Nigeria, you also have a similar mirror image with a company like IKEA, uh, one of the companies that. Uh, 
we've been working with uh, pay you uh, auto insurance. Uh, so you pay as you use for your when you drive when you're not driving, you're not paying insurance. Other, ecos other areas you have the likes of uh, Curacao that is doing something similar with what Lamy is doing in Kenya, based in Nigeria. When you go down to the south, you're seeing some form of heavy stellar innovation with companies like OneSpark and Naked Insurance. Uh, OneSpark is trying to create a pay-as-you-life insurance, uh, pay-as-you-use pay life insurance ecosystem, which is just some heavy engineering, right? It's, um, uh, looking at their model, it's it's really exciting because uh, like that's the future, and they're actually trying to pivot and take the solutions and export it to the different parts of the world, right? And then when you look at a company like Naked that is using a very fantastic impact-driven business model, right, um, in South Africa for auto insurance as well, what they do is they take a, a small percentage of the premiums that you pay into your bucket, and then you basically decide if you do not use, you can transfer part of your payments into a cost that you care about, you, you, you care about. So courses like malaria, um, HIV AIDS, et cetera, et cetera. So you see all sorts of pockets of those innovation coming up and filling, filling gaps of, which is a very strong emerging trend in Africa, very lately. Um, as you're aware, Africa doesn't have a very rigid um, credit infrastructure system, but with the BNPL companies and solutions that are coming up, what's beginning to happen is, you know, that credit infrastructure is being slightly built, right? And then when you look at the usage-based insurance ecosystem, um, the examples I gave of um, iCare, PayU, for instance, are filling. And then you have a couple of other mature um, insurtechs like uh, the likes of Pula, um, shout out to them as well, doing stellar stuff, you know, for the agri-insurance ecosystem where they're using um, satellite technology for biometric crop insurance. When you cross to the francophone side, you've got the company like uh, um, Oko, uh, based in Mali, Gabon, and a couple of other francophone-speaking countries, doing exactly the same thing, you know, but using their own technology to make it very, very affordable to household farmers. So we'll continue to see those kind of trends that are leading towards um, a usage-based economy uh, fitting into it, buying our pay data ecosystems because of the funding gaps, uh, you know, the, the, the inflation that you see in, in, the, in the system generally, and then moving towards the end of personalization, for instance, where I'm taking an insurance cover based on my behavior, uh, the things that I'm predisposed to, not necessarily what Sabine, you know, is predisposed to. Those are things that, you know, we're excited to see now creating relevant affordable and accessible products for the everyday African consumer. Um, yeah, I think I've said a lot. I would give you a chance to respond to that. Thank you. It's interesting because um, what I gathered from what you were saying is we are moving into, which is going globally, right? In a much more dynamic underwriting world, which means the real-time aspect of the uh, products which are being designed is very important. So I heard real-time, based on what you've said, pay as you use, pay as you go, is a big theme, right? From a monetization viewpoint in Africa. I also heard that impact is important, right? When you look at all the mess we have done around the world, 
and mad mad disaster uh, africa is definitely watching at it very closely so impact is very important and affordability creating products that people can afford and that requires technology a technology which becomes ubiquitous and allowing people to feel that they are paying the right price for the right services they are getting which takes me to asking you uh today when you look at um what is happening across the African continent? So where are the opportunities lying? You know, what are your top three or five areas you've seen are growing very fast and where investors are putting money, where startups and founders are spending their time to build the Africa of tomorrow? Fantastic. Uh, th thanks. Thanks for capturing um, that, that giving that recap very succinctly, Sabine. And, um, I mean, when you when you look at uh, the next three to seven years, right? So seven years, yeah, that'll be twenty thirty, because that's what I was trying to capture. Um, between now and then, there's this. Uh, we have that window period, right, of churning out stellar innovation because of the technology that is now available in the insurance ecosystem, and um, one of the things that is very clear is now you know, with the insurance industry major players and, you know, with insurtechs that are coming up with their innovation, there's definitely going to be more opportunities for partnerships and collaborations, either by mergers or acquisitions or a combination of the two. Uh, reason being that, so for instance, last year, we saw uh, some acquisitions, you know, the likes of um, Salam uh, acquiring one of the large insurance companies in Nigeria which is First Bank of First Bank of Nigeria Insurance, FBNI, for instance. And we also saw Salam partnering with Allianz to deepen their footprints in the different geographical locations so that they can offer better products to the consumers and the customers. So by default, right, um, as you would have naturally certain insurance companies um, either uh, partnering with Introtex or acquiring some intratechs that's i think we're going to see quite a number of that happening um, specifically between this year and the next because it's it's becoming more um recognizable that you know incumbents want to focus on how do they reduce the risk and how do they provide that value to the customer while they just leave the technology you know i think before it was more like hey we could do this ourselves so why do we need to partner or acquire a company, but I think it's becoming clearer now, especially because the numbers are, uh, the, the number, the, the opportunities are very huge. And when you look at the coverage on the continent, it's still less than 3%. So what happens to the 97 to 98% thereabout, right? So with that said, what that does is it presents massive opportunities to um, invest in areas that are focused on building solutions that serve the underserved for instance and solutions that are looking at flipping um, the narrative just from product-led to consumer-led those two critical areas are very very strong because anything that is going to use technology to drive down cost is essentially um, going to be uh, a niche area to focus on and when we look at it um, extensively um, solutions that are very heavy on underwriting and um, when we take claims, I think those two will be the leading areas for the next two years till 2025. But by from 2026 upwards before 2030, you know, other heavy engineering will be readily available. 
And so you're going to see the likes of uh, things like augmented underwriting, which will be using very heavy workbench to create precision and predictive driven premiums, right? And when you start to look in those directions, that means that resilience will also be introduced into the ecosystem because it will be a situation of creating no risk or minimal risk. So early, early jumpers or uh, early investors will naturally latch on to uh, those kind of companies that are building that. And it would also create an opportunity for the investments to even create higher ROI by the time you start to have exits from such companies being bought over by insurance companies. Because when you look at the fintech ecosystem, there's some of the things that happened. Um, Paystack, for instance, got acquired by Stripe, uh, I think about two years ago. Right. And that was a very was a heavy shake for the whole of Africa. Like, well, so this is this is possible. So it's it's yeah. created that that window of possibilities for actual exits to start happening, right? It might take some time uh for you to see a lot quite a number of exits as, as opposed to what you see in, the, in North America or in Europe, but steadily and surely you will get there. So I think to to, to wrap it up, um looking at solutions that will basically cater to the underserved is a very major um, area uh, for insurtechs to latch onto because with technology, you can drive down costs, you can create accessible and relevant mini products and looking at solutions that uh, rely on heavy underwriting to create bespoke premiums, uh, bite-sized premiums, you know, micro-insurance, those are also areas to um, readily look into as far as investing. Now, the question is, will it uh, be high growth, right? I think our advice to um, the whole ecosystem and to investors and largest to try to uh, exercise some longevity in terms of their fund rounds, right? So, because most funds will you hear is five years, maximum seven years, but these things take time a little bit. And sometimes um, we create a build trap ourselves, right? Because the LPs are pressuring the PCs and mm -hmm. PCs are pressuring the trap, you know. We actually don't focus on building those solutions that are sustainable for the future, right? So, um, yeah, those are my general thoughts. <laughs> I'll stop there. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, no, those are great uh, insights. But I think it's very important to to highlight uh, from our prayer conversation is that fintech is actually is a great way to learn about where fintech is uh, insurtech is going to go. So you know when we look at the growth pack within fintech, it's very important to understand that a lot of insurtech is learning from that industry. And within fintech, you would have wealth tech mm -hmm. and actually some health tech companies because they are using payment mm -hmm. mechanism and they actually are blurring the line between what they are doing where the market is going it's important to know that insurtech africa is growing massively right uh, and you highlighted that to us let's go into the uh, i think an important point around africa's second largest and fastest growing market right um when you look at where we are today and where it's going to go compared to other markets in the world Let's dive into that, Tunde. Tell us why uh, investors and startups need to look at Africa as a great benchmark to grow. I know it's not always 5G across the market, but people have moved from feature phone <laughs> to smartphones, and digital economy is there. So tell us uh, why it's an important market to, to dive into. Okay. So um, to just keep it simple for starters, right? 
when we look at the current situation of less than 3% coverage in the whole of um, the continent, that's huge. Now, there's a research by Cushman um, and Wakefield, if I hope I got that right, that talks about demographic shifts. And I think I would want to place it out there that investors should just focus on the future and the demographic shifts that will happen in a place like Africa. Now, when you look at that research that talks about about 693 billion, sorry, 93 million um, Generation Z coming into the workforce by the year 2025, right? And a retirement of about 1.3 billion baby boomers. When we look at our own portions, right? Um, I think we put those statistics in our last report that was published by uh, the Gallagher Returns. You're going to see about 17% of those numbers, right? Which is apportioning to about 132 million people, Generation Z, coming into the workforce as well, right? Because Africa accounts for about 18% thereabout of the global population, right? Which is now about 8 billion people. Now, when you look at the retirement of the baby boomers, the numbers also speak for itself. You're going to be talking about over 250 million people coming uh, retiring so when we look at the workforce products uh, the, the products that surround the generation z right who will be slowly morphing into y in a couple of maybe in the next 10 years or thereabout it creates on the spectrum of both sides the avalanche of new products products that have never existed before and it creates the capability to be able to underwrite and create new designs that will create the next generation products with this next generation products now the labor workforce in Africa is different from other parts of the world, right? And you're going to have stellar, we have our own engineers who are doing amazing stuff and who are even, you know, uh, rendering some of their services with the skill sets to uh, companies outside of Africa as of date, right? What you're going to see is you're going to see a massive closure, right, in, in, in the gaps uh, as regards products that were existent in the Western world and products that are existent in Africa as a state. So with that closure, it's going to translate to the capability to have very heavy models, business case, use cases that have never happened before. And it will definitely make a lot of replicas of a situation like M-Pesa, yeah. which was a massive, huge success in Kenya, right? And other parts of the world trying to see how they could replicate that same model. So for that reason, for starters, and this new avalanche of products that are driven by engineering, it is the place to be uh, to make your investments uh, between now and 2030. Um, the second reason is the second thing is there's a lot of opportunities regarding the the, the emerging um, insurance trends, right? Uh, so you will have things like buy now, pay later, right? Uh, that are unlocking new values, bringing new customers into the insurance that customers that have never bought insurance ever in their lives being able to now come into the insurance that through that ecosystem. There's also other models like um, save now, pay later. That is also very, very, very steadily and fastly. When you look at those models and you look at the combination of the ability for the available engineering and technology to create personalization, right, to the consumer ecosystem, what that translates to is there'll be number one, quick absorption, right? there'll be very, very fast traction. The traction will explode. 
better than what is happening in other parts of the world because we have the first of all we have the numbers advantage right it's a huge confidence so technically when you place your bets um it's more like you're not you're, you're seeing into a crystal ball of what is already going to happen right so it's not likely that you know um your bets are wrong so it will be very very good reasons you know especially also the third thing will be with the technology hubs and the training and a lot of um, companies that are coming up and giving that that cyclical feedback and training uh, to local um, talent. Local talent is growing very, very fast. So you're not gonna have a drop over the next five to seven years where you can't find the talent, right? Now, it's a question of they might emigrate or relocate, but there will still be Africans, you know, still doing certain things that you have today you have engineers who are in different places and work for different companies globally so those three things i think would be um my own uh yeah no it two makes cents sense as to what and, um, you know, investors should consider. and how are you know my last question to you is how digital ecosystems working in the local environment because that is a major major theme in europe so the the uh, the ecosystem is the good thing is um there's 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 a shift of this growth that is happening uh, ubiquitously. Um, there's, uh, for instance, the uh, when you look at cross-border payments, when you look at uh, a lot of heavy things on payments, it's technology that is building uh, resilient systems and business case business use cases for for payments, for instance. It's huge. Uh, a lot of fintechs um, seem to be into a lot of uh, on the payment side, right? But it is because over time, the last three to five years, um, there's been that steady growth, which is um, allowing and enabling that, creating that enabling environment, despite the fact that it's after it's a VUCA environment, right? It's volatile, it's uncertain, can be complex and ambiguous. But on this, in the same vein, because of the numbers advantage, which I mentioned earlier, because of uh, the local talent that has been immersed, because of the problems, the inherent problems that keep first stream, it creates an opportunity. Every problem creates an opportunity, you know, for technology to solve, right? And when you look at, compare that with the Western world, the ecosystems keep growing um, organically. They keep morphing organically so that they can absorb you know, those problems into it. And you find out that the use cases and the solutions that are being used to tackle those challenges and those problems, some of them have never happened in any other parts of the world, right? And it mirrors the same similar growth that is happening um, in the digital ecosystem in places like in Southeast Asia, right? Because I like to make that comparison because it's the same thing in terms of numbers. And when we look at the statistics, like so things like six out of every 10 adults are banked, you know, it mirrors the same thing you know, basically in most African countries. And so with that mirth of the enabling capabilities, uh, the local talents, the understanding the inherent problems and using the applicable local use case solutions, right? The digital ecosystems are growing uh, faster. Penetration is deepening um, in terms of uh, internet. Uh, the GSMA puts out a lot of statistics on that. And, um, it's, it's, I think, the last one that I saw for 2021 saying we were the penetration rates internet wise of about 45% across the whole of the, the continent, right? Mobile is very adopted. It's, it's gone 
um, AWOL, right? Uh, a lot of penetrations after that. So those three things are also enabling the digital ecosystem to morph very gradually and amass, you know, the capabilities that can be layered on top in terms of technological solutions. That's fascinating. So as we uh, reach the end of our discussion uh, today, where can people find you? And uh, where can, well, what is going up, you know, in Africa, in Geotech, you know, conferences, events, people, things that people need to watch out for? So um, first off, I think my go-to preference is uh, LinkedIn. Uh, professionally, we put out a couple of things that, you know, so LinkedIn, yeah, I respond very quickly on LinkedIn. That's that's uh, that's talking about social media. Um, in terms of um, conferencing and in terms of um, um, other things going on, uh, by we partnered with the ITC last year and 2023, um, we're replicating the same thing. So uh, we do hope to meet the whole ecosystem uh, in Vegas in the year during this <laughs> conference. Also, there's also the well, <laughs> so Barcelona, uh, we're not sure of yet, <laughs> but uh, Vegas definitely. And uh, there's also, yeah, there's the MENA InsurTech Summit that is happening somewhere, sometime in, somewhere in Doha, uh, sometime middle of the year. Uh, so one of the things that they've done is uh, we've also partnered with them to also, they, they create, they're bringing everyone within the Middle East and North Africa, and even by extension, the rest of Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa, into the same room, and people from Asia are also coming. Uh, then there's um, there's also likely going to be another event, which we're not sure of, because uh, normally what we do is we just create that uh, platform for our local startups to be a part of what is happening internationally, right, and not be left out, you know, and use that as the same way for the international community to get exposure onto what's happening locally on our own side of the fence. Uh, the last conference, I'm not sure of yet, but um, I will let you know if that's going to happen in December or otherwise. But yeah, th those are the two major things that come in terms of conferencing. Uh, then in terms of, um, we're also working with a couple of, a handful of um, people. Um, some are corporate organizations. Um, some are just um, research interest groups. Uh, some are not-for-profits trying to understand what is happening in the ecosystem. So yeah, we're we're available, you know, um, to work with people on a case-by-case -case basis, depending on what they're looking for. Yeah. That's great to hear. Well, thank you very much, Tunde, for, for your time and uh, your insight around the African market. Uh, if people want to find out about you, they will definitely find you on LinkedIn. And uh, also don't forget to share if there is any updates happening in the next few weeks around where you are going to be in the world and how we can help the ecosystem in Africa. <laughs> Pleasure. Bye Fantastic. for now. Fantastic. Thank you so much. If you like this podcast, subscribe now, share with your friends, and if you enjoyed it, please give it a five-star review. Also, if you want to cover any specific subject with me, contact me on Instagram under Sabine VDL Officials or LinkedIn under Sabine Van der Linden. Thank you.